You guys, welcome to episode 63 of The Smush Room, the podcast that deep dives on the well-known and more importantly, not so well-known hookups of, well, sure, you guessed it, your favorite reality TV stars. It's so good to see you again. How are you? You look amazing. Um, you guys, I'm really super excited to, like, not excited in the way that I normally am. Can we talk for a second before we begin? First of all, I have a couple things to download you on. A, your boy got a new job. I'm no longer an Apple slave. <laughs> I am no longer a new slave, you guys. I have found my freedom. Um, I was not working on that railroad no more. Your boy is free. Fully free to enjoy life, friends, the daytime, holidays. Um, yeah, like, I'm feeling really good right now. I'm in a really good mood. B, or two, whatever. Um, I just recently went back and listened to just, like, random old episodes of this podcast. And, you know, I realized that it's really good for me to be doing this, to be recording this Britney and Kevin part two. As you know, we're doing a Britney Spears and Kevin Federline part two. And, you know, I need this. You know what I mean? I need to purge this out. I am so fucking sick of listening to myself compare other people to Britney Spears. It's like, it's wild. Like, I will truly find a way. You know how narcissists will find a way to make anything about them? Me being the selfless, humble person that I am, I'll find a way to make anything about Britney Spears. You could literally tell me that you took a shit in a street and scooped it up with a piece of bread and ate it, and I would somehow be able to revert it back to some old-timey Britney tale. Well, reminds me of the time. Um, so yeah, this is good for me. This is good for me to purge it out. I'm ready to, like, release these demons that clearly live inside of me. I'm full of thetans. I've got Britney thetans taking over my body, my brain, my elbows, my ankles. All, every part of me is covered in little thetans. And, um, I'm ready to just fucking purge them out. Like, I'm ready to let go of all these feelings and finally just address the elephant that has been in the room for every single episode of this podcast, which is this relationship. Um, today we're doing a part two. And uh, yeah, your boy's in a good mood. No more cluster flies. I got a new job. Um, <laughs> I mean, those are the two things that are going well in my life, but like they're a big deal for me. And uh, yeah, I guess we can go ahead and get started. Um, where we left off in the previous episode, Brittany had just gotten, uh, announced her divorce. Um, she filed for divorce from Kevin Federline on Tuesday, November 7th in 2006 in Los Angeles. And um, she cited irreconcilable differences as the reason for the split. Um, she also asked the court to grant her both legal and physical custody of her children, who at the time were one years old and one years old. Three minutes in and I'm already illiterate. One year old and two months old. Um, she also asked that Kevin get uh, visitation whenever he wanted. Um, and, you know, it's weird to, like, imagine a time in which, like, you know, a young Brittany is, like, completely, uh, I don't know. There's a chance that the court would be like, yeah, of course. Like, of course you can have your kids. There's nothing that would elude us to think that you don't deserve them. Sure. Here they go. Here they are. You know what I mean? Such simpler times, 2006. Um, Kevin did an interview at that time with MTV News where he said, they come out and make these statements about who I am and what I am, but once, but not once has anybody come to find out 
he said, what? (laughs) 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 But not once has anybody come to me to find out, he said. It's a fine line. The bad boy they perceive me to be. I'm a nice person. I'm respectful of others. I had my times, my ups, my downs. You do things here and there, but the whole thing they're they're talking about, the partying, is so much overrated. Uh, it's completely false. I do like to go out and hang out with my friends, but as far as the cheating and the bad father, be honest. Come on now. Um... And as I mentioned before, Brittany made a surprise appearance on David Letterman. Um, She didn't actually announce her divorce on the show, as I previously mentioned, which was incorrect. Uh, She just kind of like, I don't know. I think it was her version of some sort of like coming out party. Like she was like making a splash and whatnot, Um, especially since she had, you know, kind of gotten her body back on, you know, on track and she was looking good and she picked out a really cute dress Um, the press had said that she had cut her hair, but she was wearing, like, a bob wig. It was, like, a blonde, like, shoulder-length bobbed wig. And, um, you know, she basically just came out to look cute and, like, prance across Dave's stage, you know? Like, I think she was craving that positive attention. For somebody who's been, like, celebrated in such a monumental way her entire life, I think that, you know, that's part of the whole child star thing, is, like, you need that validation from... I mean, okay, <clears throat> think about it. If you're, like, a, a girl, not famous, not a celebrity, not a pop star, just, like, a normal girl, right? A normal girl who's, like, very pretty. A normal girl who's very pretty, who's been told her entire life that she's beautiful, acquires a complex. No? Right? Like, acquires a complex and then, you know, in some cases becomes more insecure because that validation is something that they constantly need. You know, they've been told for years how pretty they are, so then when they're not told that they're pretty, then they start to kind of spiral. So it's like, imagine on a a grand scale of walking out on a stage and seeing people literally faint, just the sight of you sends people into a spiral, like an actual emotional spiral. They cry, you've had hundreds of thousands of people stand outside of hotels for you, you know, you've been able to ignite rooms full of 60,000 people since you were 14 years old. So to not have that for an extended period of time, I would imagine, starts to to wane on you. I mean, that's the whole child star thing, you know what I mean? Like, you need that validation. Um In their divorce settlement, Brittany also asked for her jewelry, her cars, her property, um, her earnings from the date of their legal separation. She also asked that Kevin pay his own attorney fees, which is actually the most savage part of her divorce settlement because it's like that was probably the thing that he wanted to do the least. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure he'd be willing to, like, give up whatever and try and, like, make it on his own, but to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars in attorney fees when you're a broke, recently declared bankruptcy backup dancer from Fresno. That's got to be tough. It's got to hurt. Kevin made it clear after filing on November 8th in the same court that Brittany filed in that uh, he was going to put up a fight. Um, I think that he, you know, had put up in the beginning, he put up more of a fight than she initially thought that he would. I think she thought that like her money And having powerful attorneys would scare him, which I'm sure it did, but he fought. Like, Kevin was like, I'm ready to fucking put up my dukes and get a bunch of coin and take my kids from you. 
Um, Kevin asked the court for both legal and physical custody of their children. And he also asked the court not to grant Brittany any spousal support because he um, he wanted to fight for it himself. Obviously, he was the poor one. Um, and he also asked the court for Brittany to incur all her all legal costs. So everything involving lawyers and court fees and everything, he asked the judge for Brittany to pay that for him. Um, at that point, the next step would have been for them to sit down with lawyers and like negotiate, you know, like their property, their assets. And a New York attorney that represented Marla Maples in her divorce from Donald Trump gave an interview to MTV describing how difficult it would be for Kevin to achieve any of this, um, you know, had he gotten stuck paying his own legal fees. She said they'll evaluate the house and other assets and they'll figure out what restrictions apply to the children. Can they travel with them? Can uh, Is he entitled to overnight visitation? Will nannies be present? Is Brittany still breastfeeding? With children so young, she'll be... Con- uh, she'll be considered the primary caretaker, and then he'll have to pay a bare minimum of child support. Um, now look, <laughs> you guys, we are entering the, I gotta scoot up my chair. Are you, hold on a second. All right, your boy's gotta come close. I also need to wet my whistle. Just give me one minute. Okay, I was actually respectful, and I I cut that out for you because... I let out this like very grotesque burp that almost felt like a little bit of an acid reflux situation. And I just felt like, you know, you and I are very close, but we're not that close. Like, I don't want you hearing what my acid sounds like when it comes up. Um, this is the moment that you've all kind of been waiting for. We're about to enter the party girl phase of Britney's life. Um, hmm. I'm going into this with, uh, with, <laughs> with children's gloves. I've put on my protective goggles. I am excited yet nervous. You know what I mean? There's a lot to cover and like things like this overwhelm me because you guys know that I'm like Rain Man and I want to give you every detail. Like I want you to know everything and I don't want to leave anything out that I think adds to the story. And the hardest thing about doing this is that every single day um, was there was just so much happening. And that's why I'm having to break it down into three parts, because otherwise you'd be in your car for eight hours. You know what I mean? You'd be listening to this to one of these episodes until like, I don't know, Christmas or something. I don't know. But anyways, in mid-November of 2006, Britney was photographed leaving Guy's Bar in West Hollywood with Paris Hilton. You may have heard of her. She's kind of an underground artist like model she's very big in Ibiza um you you may have to google her uh this was obviously a huge deal considering they were both you know probably the most famous and overly exposed celebrities in the world at that time um and we just have to do some quick housekeeping before we go into Britney not wearing underwear because like I said there's just too much to unpack and I need for you to understand the magnitude of why this was a big deal before we really get into it. You know what I mean? By the way, I'm being condescending right now because I know that you know that. I'm just, it's like I'm kind of kidding, but I'm kind of not. Like, I just have to assume that there are people who listen to this podcast that don't just like know everything. Because there are, right? There are people who tell me all the time that they like find out shit that I'm talking, that I just assume people know. And then I realize that I'm just like living in my own head. And not everybody knows everything about fucking 2006. Like, what reason would they have to? So, we're just going to housekeep a little bit. 
Now, after the infamous Firecrotch video that essentially created early 2000s paparazzi culture, Lindsay Lohan very infamously called Paris Hilton a cunt in November of 2006, November 9th to be exact. On November 26th, Lindsay was filmed by the paparazzi explaining that Paris had thrown a drink at her and that it was not okay and she held up her arm to show an invisible and an alleged injury. <laughs> she also explained that she was just trying to act. All she wants to do is act and people won't let her and she's being brought down by people and she just wants to act. That's all she wants to do and it's not okay and it's not right and it's not fair. Paris Hilton threw a drink on her and it's not right. You can't do that to people. You can't treat people that way. It's not fair. Now, on November 7th, I'm sorry, 27th, the following day, 2006, Brittany and Paris were photographed leaving um, Guy's Bar late in the evening, early in the morning. A little later, all three of them were seen leaving a party together. The paparazzi asked Paris if she'd hit Lindsay, <laughs> and Lindsay explained that Paris, uh, I'm sorry, the paparazzi asked Paris if she'd hit Lindsay. Paris told the paparazzi to ask Lindsay. She said, she's right there. Ask her yourself. Like, Lindsay, did I hit you? And Paris, or Lindsay gives one of her iconic, like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Please stop pinning us against each other. You guys are insane. I hate that the media is doing this to us. We've known each other since we were 15 years old. She's a good person. She's a sweet girl. She's a really good girl. So please stop doing this. Do you guys remember when Lindsay used to do that all the time? Like she would walk into a place and be like, I'm wearing red shoes. Bye, fellas. And then she'd walk out and they'd be like, Lindsay, we love your red shoes. And she'd be like, I've never owned red shoes. You guys are insane. Stop this madness. I've literally never owned red shoes. Stop. Enough. I'm so sick of the media spinning stories. I've never even picked up red shoes. It's enough. So the most important thing to happen on this evening. Um, I mean, I guess you would say that it would be Britney Spears getting in Paris Hilton's lowrider in a tiny black dress, open toed patent leather pumps and a white frilly Seinfeld pirate blouse. And, um, most importantly, no underwear. If you watch the video, which I'm sure you all have seen many, many times, you can very clearly see the paparazzi aiming the camera under Britney's skirt to get photos. She's definitely like, you know, she like opened her legs on purpose so that they would get the shot. And um, you can hear Paris asking them not to be perverts. I don't really need to go into detail about why this is important. But I'm going to because when are we going to have the opportunity to talk about this in great detail again? So, like, let's just, like, fully go for it. Um, just kidding. The possibility of me talking about this again is, like, very high. Um, literally, probably in, like, two weeks, I'll reference something that, like, compares to Britney's vagina. You guys know how I am. I just like to keep it 100% real with you. Like, I'm sure this will get brought up again. But whatever. Um... It feels weird, first of all, now to imagine a time before, like, I don't know. It just, we live in such a fucked up media circle or media circus now, media cycle. I tried to say cycle, but all those words work. It's just such a terrible media cycle of, like, Trump and the Kardashians. And, like, you know, I used to really enjoy Kardashian news because I found it really fascinating to see how they 
played the media and I thought, you know, whoa, what up, Minnesota? You know, I thought Chris's tactics and like her, I, her urgency and like her, um, her ability to stay on top of things was like really, really just powerful. Like I thought it was like just admirable and like interesting to watch. And now I'm just kind of like, I feel really fatigued by it. Like, I'm just like, I can't anymore. Like, I I just can't. And, uh, you know, it feels, it, now it feels like it was a million years ago that there was ever a time when, like, it wasn't just Trump and the Kardashians, like, dominating our news cycle. Um, but, you know, something like this happening was, like, a giant, giant deal. I mean, like world shifting news that Britney's vagina was shown. Um, the New York Post issued a now iconic paper that week titled The Bimbo Summit. And on their website, they posted an article with the, the headline, uh, Three Bimbos of the Apocalypse, No Clue, No Cares, and No Underwear. And uh, the New York Post in the article said, after dumping Kevin Federline, Britney Spears seems like she was seemed like she was on the upswing. She cut her hair. She looked like she was bathing regularly. She celebrated her separation with some wholesome ice skating at Rockefeller Center and even more wholesome shopping for chunky sweaters and beanie caps at The Gap. She started recording her comeback album, Working Late Nights, at the Sony Sony Studios in Manhattan. Then she took off for Vegas weekend where she reconnected with old friend Paris Hilton. And then Lindsay Lohan started angling to get in on their power click, which she eventually did. And now all is well, and the trio goes clubbing every night, smoking and drinking and having dance-offs. Surely they talk to each other, but trying to guess what their conversations sound like is enough to make anyone's head explode. And like, okay, so remember that time like a year ago? I don't know if Paris is still doing this because I haven't really like paid attention, but do you remember like a year ago when Paris like definitely hired some fucking Tumblr blogger to start tweeting for her? Like, she was, like, trying to be, like, I don't know. Like, she was, like, trying to be pop culture Twitter and, like, reposting shit of hers from, like, the early 2000s and, like, being, like, iconic. Um, she posted photos last year of that night and captioned it, 11-year anniversary today since the first coming of the Holy Trinity. Like, that's dark. Like, girl, you are, like, a fucking grown-ass woman. You're not fucking 19 anymore. Paris Hilton is so dark. We've talked about this before. I won't get into it too deeply, but, like, Paris Hilton is so fucking dark and, like, desperate. And, like, it's so sad that, like, I truly think that we would fully embrace Paris if she came at us the right way. And the thing that she doesn't seem to understand is, like, even though the Kardashians, um, they're, they control their narrative and they totally control their media image and they, you know, they filter the images that we get to see of them and they hire their own paparazzi, you know, they they basically control our thoughts about them. They still have the illusion of being transparent. You know, like, that's the thing that we love about them is that we think we know everything about them. We've seen their highs and lows. We've we've watched their, you know, their their falls. And we've watched all of these terrible things happen to them. And we watched them have to, like, learn how to deal with it. Whereas, like, Paris is still in the mindset of a completely different time 10 years ago when, 
You know, Paris basically lives in a pre-social media world, but, like, uses social media. Do you know what I mean? Like, she's not one of those transparent Demi Lovato type celebrities where, like, everything is out in the open and, you know, you talk about your issues and you talk about your struggles with addiction and all these things. Like, Paris Hilton has never even really addressed any of her issues with addiction from the past or her issues with eating disorders or any sort of problems that she's had. She's not a transparent celebrity. And it's just, like, it's... Watching her exist is like watching a person in a Twilight Zone episode who just who doesn't know that the years have been passing like it's like dark anyway in 2017 Paris did an interview with MTV Australia where she said actually it was just Brit and I out and then and then Lindsay just like chased us and wait I'm sorry (laughs) okay this is (coughs) this is really funny Actually, it was just Brit and I out. And then Lindsay just, like, chased us to the car and got in. <laughs> Hilton said, when <laughs> when asked if Lohan responded to her recent tweet of the photos, uh, <laughs> Paris responded, she wasn't invited. The Simple Life star continued to shade the Freaky Friday actress when she asked, um, when she was asked what she would say to Lohan to get her out of the car. And Hilton responded, you're not on the list. It's like, it's also really sad that Paris still is so attached to this, like, 21-year-old mean girl, Regina George, Barbie, pink, I have a tiny dog and I'm blonde aesthetic. Like, being mean, you know what I mean? Like, being a mean girl isn't like, I don't know, it's just, it's, I don't know, I'm not even, we're not here to talk about Paris, I can't tonight, you guys, I really can't. Um... In late 2006, uh, this late 2006 portion of Britney's life, actually, especially around December, um, you know, she was still, like, writing in her blog, as I've mentioned. Like, she was using her website as, like, a diary. And, you know, her and Kevin, when it was decided that Kevin would kind of, like, pull her away from all of the negativity in her life and... You know, he was going to help her remove herself from all these people who were, like, using her and her handlers. You know, they kind of came up with the idea together to start charging $25 a month for her diary entries. And um, I think that this is where you can look back and really say that there was, like, a glimmer of hope. And, you know, she was still sane and stable enough that she had, you know, had she had the right people around her to, like, help guide her and be like, look, you know, just to give her some real fucking slap across the face, like, your grandma and your aunties pull you into a room and, like, shut the door and fucking, like, tell you how it is kind of love, you know what I mean? She needed that, like, adolescent, you don't know what's best for you love. You know, I think that had someone put their foot down and just, like, gave that that hardcore you know, finger-waving-in-your-face situation to her. Like, things could have been a little bit different. But anyways, um, <clears throat> in this blog post that she had wrote... She, I almost said Roten. In this blog... You get me talking about Kevin Federline for too long, and your boy turns into a hillbilly. Um, this blog that she had wrote <laughs> around that time, she said... Uh, this was her trying to kind of explain her recent um, uh, relationship with the media. 
She said, it's been two years since I've celebrated my birthday. Even every move I make at this point has been magnified more than I expected. And I probably did make newfound, probably did take newfound freedom a little bit too far. Anyway, thank God for Victoria's Secret underwear. (laughs) I look forward to a new year, new music, and a new me. She was also photographed in Las Vegas. Uh, She was smoking cigarettes and partying with Paris. The two were wearing matching silk tops, and there's a photo that circulated on the internet that's still out there of Brittany pantsless, wearing only fishnets and a shirt, and she's sitting in a VIP booth in the club. Um, According to Brittany, the club was too hot, so she took her pants off. Um, It was reported that the uh, Los Angeles Department of Children and Family Services had been trying to set up meetings with Brittany. They were trying to reach out to her to, like, get a first-hand account on what was going on as far as her bizarre public behavior because they were afraid for her children's lives, rightfully so. Um, The Daily Mail reported on December 17th that she was dancing at 40 Deuce Nightclub and had apparently hopped on stage with her friends after a striptease performance had ended. Um, She was smoking cigarettes, and she unzipped her top and showed her bra to the crowd. Um, So she was removed from the stage by a club manager. And, you know, it's also really weird to imagine a time in which Britney Spears could do things like that, and, like, there aren't photos. Or, like, maybe there's one or two photos circulating all over the internet because... You know, what were you going to take out your, like, um, your, like Nokia flip phone and, like, snap a, a grainy photo of Britney Spears' pantsless at a bar? Like, maybe. Who knows? If your phone even had a camera. You know what I mean? Um, this was a time when you could be a pop star that was having a breakdown and unzip your top and flash it to an entire audience of people, and then there's no photo. I mean, could you truly imagine? Imagine, uh, I don't know. Um, who's who's a young pop? Imagine fucking Dupa Lapita or whatever <clears throat> on stage twerking and whatnot with like Travis Scott or whatever. Ugh, I hate youth. Pe- I hate the youth. I hate young people. You're ruining our culture, by the way. Um, but imagine her like fucking twerking her vagina out on stage and then pulling her tits out and like they're not being a photo. Like, are you kidding? Um, so, <sighs> okay. This is going to be a real deep cut for my hardcore Britney fans out there. Uh, This is going to be for those diehard, hardcore stans. If you're listening, wake the fuck up, because this one is for you. And if you're not a Britney hardcore stan, then, like, you're about to learn something really powerful right now. There was a website in the early 2000s called worldofbritney.com. This was, for the entirety of Britney's career up to that point, the most visited Britney fan site in the world. Um, and it's iconic for, Brit- for people who love Britney. Like, we just, you, we grew up going to World of Britney. I went to this website more than her actual website, and I was a subscriber uh, for money to her blogs. I visited this website multiple times per day during a time when it was, like, not accessible to get on the internet on your cell phone. Like... You had to literally go home, like stop what you were doing, go home, go in your computer room, get online, get up, walk away, go back to your computer room, get online, get up, walk away, leave the house, come back home, go back to your computer room, get online. Like you had to actually make the effort. Um, 
And yeah, Britney would do these like giveaways and or whatever on this website and uh you know, whatever the 2006 version of like a live chat was, you know, they would have contests where people would meet her on the website. I mean, it was a big deal. And it was actually a very integral part of her career. Um it was how she connected with her fans. And the website was run by a man named Ruben Garay. Garay? I'm not really sure how to pronounce his last name, but Ruben is also iconic. Um, you know, and it was, he was just known on the internet as like the the Britney guy. Um, he had a very close relationship with her, and not only her, but also Larry. Um, you know, they would organize events together. And uh, during this week from hell, in December, Ruben posted what would be his last blog post. And he said, as Britney keeps losing her integrity, I'm sorry, as Britney keeps losing her identity and credibility with fans and the industry, uh, so is worldofbritney.com. It became increasingly hard for him to run this website when she was running her career into the ground. Now, you're probably wondering why I'm bothering to tell you this, and I completely understand, um... But the reason is because this got so big that both Britney and Larry both had to respond publicly um, to what was going on. This was a huge deal, this website being shut down. It was on... You guys, I hate to cut you off, but at this point, I think you know the drill. You've got to be a Patreon member to hear the remainder of this episode. So go to patreon.com slash ebpsychos. At that point, you will uh, be asked to donate. And then when you donate at this level, you'll get this podcast you'll get the remainder of all the episodes every single week you'll get liz bentley's feathers in my hair which is the teen mom podcast um you'll get me and molly's uh britney and kevin chaotic special you'll get all the stuff that molly does exclusively through patreon it's well worth it and also if you're not a member of our facebook group go to molly and the it'll take you straight to it and uh all we do all day and all night is talk about reality tv it's super fun so, like I said, patreon.com slash ebpsychos and mollyandthepsychos.com. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.